At this time of year in the Northern Hemisphere, we are all about harvesting and preserving our crops. And one of the best and easiest ways of doing that is with a root cellar, using nature's own storage system to look after our produce for us for months to come. Hello. And welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 102 of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. I want to start, before we get into the meat of today's episode, which is all about root cellars, and uh, it's been much requested and much awaited, so hopefully those of you out there who've been waiting for it are going to have all your questions answered today, and those of you who may already be familiar with root cellaring might also enjoy today's episode and find some new ways of thinking about things. But before we dive into that, there's just a couple of short announcements. The first one is I just wanted to share a piece of feedback we've had on Apple Podcasts and a podcast review. And it is from, and I'm not sure if this is a name or if this is just someone mashing the keypad, who knows, but uh, their profile name is Mr. SCJDS. So, Mr. SCJDS, I want to thank you ever so much for your five-star review of the show. And you have written great podcasts full of useful advice and ideas, providing much inspiration as I embark on my self-sufficiency journey. So, thank you ever so much for doing that. I do appreciate it. And if you're able to leave us a review... It is, as always, most appreciated and it will be read out on the show. A quick word on that, by the way. I only have access to the reviews that are left in my region, the UK. So if you have left a review with iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and I haven't read it out on the show, chances are it's because... I'm not privy to it. I don't have access to it because I'm not in your region. But if you would like your review read out on the show, then please do just take a screenshot of it and email it over to me at selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com and I guarantee that it will be read on the show. Secondly, I just wanted to say that on Monday's podcast, we're going to be starting a new series and that is going to be on self-reliance skills. So some of the things perhaps slightly away from food growing but things that for me are certainly a huge part of being self-sufficient so those are all the announcements so we're going to get straight into today's episode so the first thing I wanted to say is to take a look at food preservation really from sort of 50,000 feet and to do so It's a lot to do with just knowing your vegetables and getting to know them. When we're talking about root cellaring, this is very important, but it's important across the board for everything you're preserving. Now, when you understand the nature of your plants and how they grow and how they die and the process of going from one state to the other then it really allows you to connect with the plant in a way that allows you to make the best decisions going forward. And it 
is certainly something that you get to know more and more the more growing seasons you experience. Now, I haven't been growing a lot of the vegetables that we grow here for a particularly long time. This is our only our third year, really, of having a full, full vegetable garden where we're trying to be completely self-sufficient with our vegetables. So I'm still very much learning. But the growing season itself is really important to the storage. If you've had a really, really dry season, then a lot of your produce might be a little bit smaller than it would otherwise be, and it might dry out a little bit quicker. If you've had a really, really wet season, then the opposite can be true. So in a wet season, your vegetables and fruit might sort of soften a bit quicker and be a little bit wetter. So it was always just being in tune with both the seasons and the actual life cycle of your plants and your produce is just going to put you in that slightly better position when it comes to making decisions of how you're going to store it. So having said that, Root cellaring is one of my favourite ways of storing vegetables. I was really quite taken aback when I first read about it and started using it, just by the simplicity of it, really. Natural cold storage, it uses the Earth's natural temperature and the nature of everything around us to store things without us having to do anything to it. We're basically using a certain part of the ground around us to act almost like a fridge. But the main difference between the fridge and a root cellar is actually the humidity. Now, we're going to be talking about that throughout this episode, and I'm going to deal with it more specifically a little bit later. But basically, to create a root cellar, it doesn't matter where it is. Now, the word cellar obviously refers to something below your house, we're going to use it just to mean somewhere where we create this environment within which we can store certain produce. But having said that, almost everywhere I'm going to talk about is going to be below ground. Now, traditionally, certainly in this part of the world, but anywhere with housing that dates back hundreds of years, houses would just traditionally have had a root cellar as part of their construction, whether that would be an actual cellar below the building or whether it would just be a small space attached to the building. So an underground storage facility or just a small pit on the outside of the house. Either way, there would have been something incorporated into the design of the building. So where I live, we have well, I live in a bungalow and one of my son's bedrooms is actually down about four steps and that would have traditionally been the root cellar. Now that's now been incorporated into part of the house so we do not have a root cellar within our house but that certainly would have been one. If we ever get to the position where we purchase this property then converting that back into a root cellar may well be one of the things that we consider doing to make the property fit our needs that little bit better. So let's start talking about how we can create these environments within which our root cellaring can take place. You can now support the show directly. Just go to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. You can become a patron and set up to donate to the show from any amount. Pledging as little as $3 a month 
makes a huge difference. If that's not your thing, you can also support the show by sharing it with people you know or posting about it on social media. We really appreciate all the help that you give us. It's people like you that make this show possible. So the first thing I wanted to do was talk to you about how to create a really, really simple root cellar if you have nothing, you're starting from scratch. What we've done here is we've actually just buried in the ground some old plastic dustbins and an old tumble dryer. Now, the idea is to create some space below ground that is not going to flood but is going to be well below the frost line. What we're trying to do is create an environment where the temperature is not going to get below freezing. So we definitely want to be below the frost line and that will vary based on where you are. And we also want to allow a little bit of ventilation or some other method of controlling the humidity. Now, if you wanted, you could do a method whereby you create your storage above ground by using a very, very old method called clamping. Now, this is not something that personally I recommend, but effectively what it is, is you create your root cellar above ground by kind of layering all your produce that you're trying to preserve and effectively covering it over with a combination of straw, hay, soil, things like that to effectively make your below ground storage above ground. Now, I don't recommend it for several reasons. First of all, just the amount of effort involved is considerable and to do it right is very, very tricky. I've attempted it once and it was not particularly successful because the difficulty is getting that combination right between ventilation but also enough substance on top of your produce to keep your temperatures stable. So if you did want to look into clamping it may be something I cover in a future episode but I do strongly recommend that you do a fair amount of research on that topic first and you know you find some really detailed instructions from some old time source from someone who used to do it a long time ago and follow those instructions to the letter. It's not something that you can really kind of make up as you go along. Now, that's why I really love the methods that we use because they're so incredibly easy. So we, the, the, the method that I would recommend everyone trying first would simply to be to get a plastic dustbin and bury it in the ground. Now, some time ago, I actually found on, I think it was FreeCycle, but one of these sites where people are giving things away, someone giving away about seven or eight plastic dustbins. And we used three of these to make our root cellars and we used the rest as animal storage bins. So those are the bins that I'm often refilling from our animal feed suppliers. The other reason that I suggest using plastic bins rather than metal is because plastic is a slightly better insulator. So metal is a good conductor of heat and of course cold. So when the top of that bin freezes, then it transfers that cold, that cold temperature down into the bin much more than a plastic bin will. 
But once you've got your bin, whether it's metal or plastic, the actual building a root cellar is really easy. You literally just dig a giant hole and put it in. Now, obviously, you're going to want to fill the hole you've dug around the bin. One of the things to be aware of is you don't want to over compact it all at once. You want to work round all the way up because if you add too much pressure to one side of the bin, it will start collapsing and your lid won't fit on. It's really important that your lid does fit on. And you want to leave the top of your bin just a few inches above the ground because what you don't want is to have any flooding or surface water getting in there. That really is quite important. Once you've done that, it really will come down to what your management of the bin itself is going to be. So literally just having your bin below ground is going to be most of the work done. You're 90% of the way there. So dig your hole, get your bin in it, and you have a root cellar. But you can improve the insulation and everything else that's happening and also help to manage your humidity by packing your produce in another medium such as sand, perhaps straw, dried leaves, sawdust, anything like that. Now, we tend to use sand because the first year that we used a root cellar, we had a problem with slugs. Slugs got in there and destroyed an awful lot of our potatoes, and that was rather disheartening. And having sand in there rather than any of those other mediums, it does tend to thwart them to a really good degree. So sand is what we tend to use, and... What we're going to do is use that also to maintain the humidity. So as your produce stores, it's going to give off quite a lot of liquid. It might be quite surprising, but that's all to do with the the living plant basically staying alive. We'll talk a little bit about that shortly because it's important to understand this process to understand how your root cell is working and how you can manage it. So the respiration of your vegetables is going to moisten the environment quite quickly. So you're not going to need to worry about increasing the humidity in there, but you just want to manage it once it's got going, because otherwise you might get rot setting in. Now, this is more likely to happen if you are using things like sawdust and straw, because that moisture can actually have that product start to rot, whereas this isn't going to happen with sand. So you might be thinking, well, that sounds like an awful, awful idea, Carl. You're going to have this big bin full of sand, like some kind of horrible lucky dip that you're going to be reaching into for your produce. But it's not actually quite like that. I'll get into how I actually use the bin next. find self-sufficient hub content elsewhere online in lots of other places we have a youtube channel we also have our website and now there's our facebook page and facebook group links to all of these you can find in the show notes come check us out So how are we going to avoid this being some horrific lucky dip of produce? Well, the answer is actually quite simple. We use hessian sacks or some kind of breathable sacks to store our produce in. And then we just have a light dusting of sand in between the sacks. This is also helpful for another reason. If you imagine you've got your bin, which is most likely over a meter deep, 
it's actually quite tricky to reach down in there without laying down on your chest. So having it in sacks means you don't have to reach right down to the bottom to pull out these individual items. You can pull out a small sack of potatoes or a small sack of beetroots or whatever it might be. And then we just have a dusting of sand between each sack and again on the top. So this sand is going to help by absorbing the moisture that your produce is giving off and in so doing maintaining that humidity. So the humidity levels that you're wanting in a root cellar are going to be really quite high, sort of 85 to 95% humidity. What happens when you harvest your plants the second they're not attached any longer to the rest of the plant the plant that was in the ground is they kind of they change how they're acting but they're not dead they're still alive and if you think about it a lot of the plants that we eat contain the seeds or are the seeds or are in some way able to propagate new plants next year so as such you know they're definitely actually alive they're not something that is a dead sterile thing they're still a viable living organism that is capable of producing more organisms so by being harvested by being disconnected from their root system they have to basically change how they operate so once detached from their usual sources of sugars and nutrients, they literally begin consuming the sugars that are within themselves. They kind of start eating themselves. That's how they maintain their life. And this is going to vary wildly across all of our produce. And the way in which it happens is different for different plants. And that's why the storage methods are different for different plants. And we're going to talk specifically about which plants you can store using a root cellar and exactly how long you can store them for and you might be surprised I know I certainly was because we get months and months storage out of quite a lot of our produce by using our root cellars but this process of consuming its own sugars it also makes byproducts the waste products and part of that is this respiration and this process not only releases humidity, which is a good thing at the start, you know, it's what you want in there and it's not something you need to worry about, but it also releases other gases, which if not correctly ventilated are going to build up and affect storage. Now, ventilation can be as simple as making sure that you take the lid off every day or two to allow it to breathe for a few seconds, or if possible, and what we've done is we've actually got the lids of our bin so the bin sits over the top the lid and then underneath the lid the bit of the main bin itself where the lid overlaps we've cut some holes in that so that we can allow the bin lid to sit over those holes but it does allow for air to pass in and out and just keep that bit of ventilation up now the larger the space and the more that you're going to be storing in one space, the more ventilation it's going to need. So if, for example, and I've seen this done, if you're going to use, and I'd love to do it myself, actually, a large chest freezer or something like that buried in the ground. Uh, a quick side note, if you're going to do that, it's important that you remove all of the mechanical components and the dangerous gases that are part of a fridge freezer before you bury it. But if you've stripped that down to just the body, then you're going to want to put some actual ventilation pipes 
in the, either side and have them coming out the ground and form a little chimney. The more ventilation, the better, really, and that becomes more important, the bigger the volume. But to keep things simple, the simplest, and I've said it, I keep saying it, but it's important to get it said because I don't want anyone to be put off doing it. The simplest thing, and what we do, and it's so simple, is just bury that bin in the ground and then you're off to the races. You really are ready to go. And then just keep practicing. Just work out what works, what doesn't work. Everybody's different. Everybody's ground is different. Everybody's growing seasons are slightly different. So it's it's an imperfect art. It is something that is going to benefit from just experience and working out what works best for you. And it's also going to change from year to year as well, even for yourself. But your experience and your knowledge of having done it is only going to help and make it better going forward. So the next thing we're going to do is talk about all the different things that you can store in a root cellar. And hopefully you're going to hear at least one new thing that you wouldn't have thought of. It's really easy for you to get in touch with us. You can do it either by sending an email to selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com or by using the link in the show notes to send us a voice message. You can send us a voice message just using your phone. You could also reach out to us on Facebook where we have the Self Sufficient Hub group and the Self Sufficient Hub page. We're always thrilled to get your feedback, questions or suggestions for future topics on the show. Okay, so what are we going to use our root cellars for? Now, it's going to depend really on what sort of gluts you're dealing with and what time of year. There's going to be parts of the year when you're producing so much, it's going to be super handy to have a root cellar just to throw some things in there for short-term storage while you're not having the time to process things that you might otherwise. So there are some things that aren't going to keep tremendously long in a root cellar but they may be handy just to last a week or two until you have time to process them. Things like cabbages and cauliflowers even, and well, not really at that time of year, but Brussels sprouts. These are all things that are going to last a good two or three weeks in a root cellar. But that's not really why we're using a root cellar. We're using it for more longer term storage. So things that will last a little bit longer, Jerusalem artichokes and leeks, they're all going to last around a month, something like that in a root cellar, maybe a little bit longer, leeks maybe up to two months. But when we really get the most out of our root cellar is by using it for some much longer term storage. And you might be surprised to hear that even things like pears can be stored in a root cellar for around three months quite happily. Turnips and radishes also, you'll get three months storage in a root cellar. But when we look beyond that, we start to get some really, really good longevity for things like beetroots. Now, beetroots we have stored successfully in our root cellar for around five months. That's on a year when we've had enough to do that, which is not something that happens that often because we tend to eat them almost as quickly as we grow them these days but when we first started we had a tremendous amount in our first year and we weren't using them in all the ways that we're using them now so 
beetroots are something that you're going to be able to store for a quite a long time same as carrots carrots are going to store for five months quince if you have access to a quince bush or tree then that's something else you're going to get almost six months storage out of and then we also have apples now apples are a great one to store in a root cellar they will store again for around six months so if you think if you've got two or three different apple trees so that your early apple trees are maybe ready August, late August, early September, and you're eating them fresh, and then your last apple trees stop producing maybe at the end of October or sometime in November, you can then go right through December, January, February, March, April, and even into May, still eating effectively fresh apples that have been stored in your root cellar, only giving you three or four months of the year when you're not eating fresh apples from your own trees. So that's really what I like to use the root cellar for, so that we can take some of our produce that isn't going to producing or be producing all year round, and we can spread it out by using a root cellar. So onions and parsnips, those are two other things that are easily going to last six months in a root cellar if you're storing them correctly. And the same applies for celeriac. Swede will last even longer, seven or eight months. And then finally, potatoes. Now, potatoes will last a whopping nine months in a root cellar. So the root cellar for potatoes, it is going to make the difference. If you're trying to store potatoes at your last harvest, which could be as early as now, and I'm talking in the northern hemisphere, obviously, in, in early in early autumn, but also if you're having a late sowing, you could be harvesting potatoes right through till Christmas maybe. And with a little bit of care and a little bit of attention, you're gonna be able to store those potatoes to last all year round. It's what we did last year. We're not gonna be able to do it this year because as regular listeners will know, we had a little bit of a disaster with our potato harvest this year. But it is certainly something that is in our annual planning is to grow enough potatoes and use the root cellar storage method as a way of making those potatoes last 12 months of the year. So the last thing to talk about then is just some other options. If you aren't going for the buried bin, what else might you do? Well, you could quite easily dig a little area on the north side of your house if you have somewhere suitable if you dug down only maybe two or three feet and lined a little area almost like a a small garden shed but it can be as as small as you like it doesn't have to be as big as a shed it could be literally half a meter square but if you lined the sides so that it wasn't going to cave in and put a lid on the top you could have that actually abutting your house in traditional root cellars, this is how it would have been done. It would have been done either under the building itself or within the building or on the north side of the building, obviously. And I'm talking northern hemisphere. If you're in the southern hemisphere, then you do it on the south side of your building so that you are sheltered from the sun. The idea is about keeping those temperatures consistent. One of the beautiful things about this method of storage is we're just using the simple fact that a few feet below the surface of the ground, the temperature down there is much, much, much more consistent. It's much cooler when the weather is warm and it's much warmer when the weather is icy. 
So we're going to just use that however we see fit for our own personal circumstances and our own abilities and use it to store some amazing vegetables for a lot longer than any other method really that I can think of without any effort. There's no effort involved at all. You're not talking about blanching things before you're freezing them. You're not dehydrating. You're not canning. You're just throwing them in a bin and then pulling them out when you want them. And for me, there's not a lot better. No effort, lots of reward. So I hope that if you haven't tried it yet, this has made you want to go out and build yourself a root cellar. Please let me know how you get on and I will speak to you soon. If you find this podcast valuable, there's several ways you can support it. The easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. You could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online, including your social media pages. And now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. See you soon.